Neil W is here. Hi. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, mate. How are you doing? Sound. We've just run. Well, you've just run. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give up after 2K, 1K. Lower back pain, but you carried on. So you've just run, should I say. Sunday morning, feel, feeling good, feeling fresh. Yeah. Um, Neil, thank you for your custom in the last three years. It's, Mate, been, it's been, a been a pleasure to befriend you yeah. and have chats about health, running, definitely, definitely. veganism. Purito, the best vegan cuisine in Stairbridge and possibly the UK. Thank you very much. I bet that for a plug. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, man. Again, thanks for having me on, mate. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing my story. Yeah, the run's done me good to get the endorphins flowing, lift the spirits. And yeah, look forward to have a conversation with another like minded person rather than a few boneheads that we've tried to discuss this topic with and <laughs> like in the past. So, yeah, looking forward to it, mate. So, again, thanks for having me on. Yeah, quality, man. Good to see you, as usual. And there's a story that we need to talk about. Um, as to why you're vegan, yeah. why you went on your health kick, why you started running, yeah. why you started sorting your diet out. So what happened, mate, and when did it happen and how did it all unfold? Well, we need to kind of go back to 2012. So a bit of a trigger warning now from what I'm going to say. So just be mindful because it could be upsetting for a few people. I'll try and like keep my calm on it and explain the best that I can. So... Yeah, in 2012, um, me and my now wife, Heather, um, we were lucky enough to be able to go travelling around Southeast Asia, Australia and all that. So on the 1st of Feb, we set out from Birmingham straight to Bangkok. In a nutshell, we did a few days in Bangkok, then to Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, back to Thailand, Singapore, then we got to Australia. So in a nutshell, whistle-stop tour, dream of a lifetime, partying every day, meeting great people, um, yeah, just experiencing amazing culture um, and just not having a care in the world. Any worry you have to have in the morning was what kind of, what colour swim shorts you were going to wear and just taking it all in. Um, but then we got to halfway through our trip in Australia uh, and I went to go and visit some friends who were doing their farming up there uh, and Heather, she went over to Perth to see extended family. Uh, and then whilst in a place called Bundaberg, I don't know if you're aware mm -hmm. of it, um, I had the devastating news that sadly my, my dad had passed away. Um, and yeah, it was uh, hit me like a ton of bricks because I was on my own. Like I said, Heather had gone all the way to Perth. And a lot of my friends who were there, they were currently working on the farm. So I was in the middle of nowhere, just completely shattered. Uh, and just absolute mind blown. I had no, I, I had to phone home because I, it was the days before you had the technology that you have with iPhones now. So I had an iPod uh, which had Wi Fi, I had my Kindle which had Wi Fi, but some of it, it's a lot, probably a lot different to traveling now uh, than it was then where you had to pay for everything. Mm -hmm. So it was quite expensive to get Wi Fi over there because Australia, it was one of the most expensive countries I've ever visited. So but luckily, the Kindle that I had, it had 3G in it. So I, cl I clicked on it just for a bit of context to say, oh, pass the time. And I had so many messages to call home. And I was like, what is this? What is this? So I rang my mum. And uh, yeah, she sadly gave me the devastating news that my dad had passed away of just like a, a sudden heart attack. Um, and I mean, I'd only spoken to him about a week before or something like that. Um, yeah. Um, just catching up, obviously via loads of emails. Um, 
and I knew that he had a bit of a health scare with angina. Um, so he went up, cleaned up everything. Cleaned, he never drank, never smoked, but he was he was overweight. But he, he but he was just a normal bloke. But he didn't have the other voices of some other people. So um, I, yeah, he just had a sudden heart attack and then just passed away on the, my mum and dad's bathroom floor. So that basically, I mean, I was I wasn't close to him, loved him, but we shared lots in common. But yeah, again, trigger warning, if you lose a parent, I mean, you wouldn't want to wish it on your worst enemy. So, as I said, I was in the middle of Australia, uh, managed to get all the heather. She came and flew back to us, and then uh, we had to sort the task of getting back home, because we were on the other side of the world. Um, it took about two days to get back, and then, so as you imagine, it, my world had come crashing, de crashing down, and me losing my dad. Um, uh, and yeah, it was on a trip of a lifetime and it suddenly come to an abrupt stop. Um, so to go traveling, I basically didn't, I had to quit my job um, because they wouldn't let me have the sabbatical. So for like, I was like, well, what am I gonna do? Uh, whilst I was in Australia, I was talking about whether to come home or not, because he was, he was so proud of me of like going traveling in the first place, visiting all these places, which he, he wasn't lucky enough to go and visit. So each step of the way, he was traveling there with me. Um, but then I got home and I said to Heather, I said, we've got to continue it. And she said, well, yeah, you need to, because we didn't manage to get as far as New Zealand. And my mum and dad, before, um, just before I got with Heather in 2010, they visited New Zealand and they absolutely fell in love with the place. And they said, if they hadn't had me and my sister uh, when, we, when, the, when, we had, when they had us, they'd have gone to New Zealand and probably stayed there and ended up being a Kiwi. That's how much they loved it. So mm. getting back, I thought, well, I've got to, got to carry on my journey just for my dad and, and following his footsteps to a place he loves. So after about a month back home, sorting out the funeral, making sure my mum was okay, because obviously she was on her own now. Um, and she was like basically kicked, kicked me out the door, said, you've got to carry on, you've got to carry on. Don't let this stop you. Only, only, you only live once. So, yeah, um, so the start of June, we, me and Heather headed back out, and this time we went to Kuala Lumpur uh, and had two weeks in Bali, met up with friends there, uh, and then carried on from Australia, did the rest of Australia. Finally got to New Zealand, and, yeah, it was six of the best weeks of my life, travelling from the North Island to the South Island, basically seeing all the places that my dad would have visited and mm -hmm. yeah just loved every minute of it and the Maori culture it was just so family orientated it was mm -hmm. really inspiring and being over there got me to have my full arm sleeved in Maori tattoo and Polynesian tattoo all like to do with my family and my dad um, and then so yeah it, it was fantastic following there but like he was always on my shoulder um, mm -hmm. so yeah, and then after after New Zealand, we went to Fiji, another amazing place. Went to Hong Kong, ended up uh, yeah in the Philippines, three weeks there, which was a bit of an experience because that was a real developing country, yeah. real out your comfort zone in times. And then went back to Bangkok, uh, had a few more days there and came back home. And then, yeah, it was back to reality, really. Got Luckily, got my old job back. Um, but then this is kind of when the health, health kick started. Because, as you know, travelling, mate, um, you, you kind of eat what you can within your budget and it ain't necessarily the most healthiest. And no. you're boozing all day, drinking the, the Chang beer, the Bintang beer, things like that, loading on the calories. So I got back and I was about two, three stone overweight than when I went. And like I said, considering what happened to my dad, I was like, well, pff, I'm not going to give myself any excuses um, to not 
to not go down that path as well. So that's where kind of the running came in, came in like straight after Christmas. This was in 2013. Um, yeah, I think, like I said about the trauma, I think losing my dad it kind of like affected me mentally as well. It came me a little bit obsessive. Um, which I maybe have not really touched on. I had this psychiatry therapy, but I've always been a little bit obsessive with everything. Um, so, like, even if it's one pair of coloured trainers, or think you'd have to have about six of them. Um, there's a stage of things like that. So, I, to, to, I was running most days to cut to, to cut the calories to yeah to lose weight, and then I got down out in my fitness pal to cut my calories down. Now, this isn't probably the best way to lose weight, but that time. It was anything I knew, so I reduced my calories down to th- uh, 13,000 every day, and I was eating the same meals. 1,300. 30, sorry, 1,300, yeah, absolutely. How big were you? Well, yeah, I, I got back, I was about 15 stone, within yeah. six months I got down to less than 11 stone, Yeah. So, but that's from running and cutting down the calories, and I went on holiday um, in 2013 with the lads to hide out, and... I just looked like a skinny rake on all the photos. And I got back, I was like, I look terrible. I've gone from one extreme to the other. So then that got me um, joining in the gym where, um, yeah, I focused on a lot of weightlifting and then it got obsessive, like looking how much protein you needed to eat. So it was just, I needed a bit of guidance. Um, So, but then, yeah, continued training and I thought I was in, good physical condition, but still eating a load of meat at the time, things like that, a lot of dairy products, uh, which we'll obviously touch on later. But at this time, as I got back, I had another kick in the kick in the nuts, so to speak. That uh, Sadly, my mum was diagnosed with bowel cancer. So, uh, yeah. Um, How far after was this? It, I think it was... A few years down the line? No, well, no, it was about six months after. Oh, really? So, I'll put it down to not the yeah losing my dad. She died of a broken heart because um, she was just by herself. Now she was a real fighter. She went through all the chemo. She never complained once. Um, yeah, she to, to the very end she was fighting because um, as a stubborn, stubborn uh, black country woman as she was. But yeah, she came into remission a little bit. But sadly, um, towards the end of twenty fourteen, I mean, I think I'll put it down to like. The, the universe looking everything right this is where me and heather got our first house so it was she, that this is where it took a turn for the worse and like just before christmas she was put into a hospice and her health deteriorated loads and then like on the 20 i think it was the 22nd of january 2015 yeah she sadly passed away uh, and it was like three days before it should have been my dad's birthday so it, it all comes together so like from that I think my obsessiveness and everything just went wild because I've lost both my heroes in a short space of time. Not really grieved from losing my dad and getting used to life and then this came along. It was just like too much. So, I mean, I'd always been a bit of a party party lad with all the lads, but then it got a bit extreme where I'd be drinking loads and loads, partying loads to excess, um, just to try and numb the pain. And again, with the obsessiveness, I'd, I'd always be planning things in the future always looking forward to something to put what the trauma that I had to the back of my mind so I wouldn't wasn't really facing up front so I'd never say I became an alcoholic like that because in the week I wouldn't drink I'd, I don't know what's the term my mate said it to me a hedonistic immortal where in the week you're training really hard you're, cl- you're cl- kind of clean eating eating healthy 
but then on a weekend you just go and boozing and piss it all up the wall mm-hmm. um, and so that that was no good for my physical health or also my mental health because mm-hmm. like the hangovers and everything were just really extreme like just the anxiety and the depression so that that happened in 2015 so but like that year um, I was lucky enough to go my best mate Stag do got, he got married went to Vegas and so the fall, not necessarily the fallout but like the post losing my mum and dad I had an amazing life still mm-hmm. like and I need to say this now, I recognise that I am a privileged white man. Um, I've got some good friend network around me and I'm not the first person to lose both parents. Um, but again, trauma is trauma. I don't know what it's like to walk in another man's shoes, but how this affects, this could affect someone that could be fine about it, but how it affected me, it was my life experience. Mm. So, um, yeah, like I said, I was very lucky to... To go to Vegas a few times, um, we got married there, had a great time, been to Ibiza loads, so life obviously went on, um, and lucky enough to go to Peru and do the Inca Trail, Costa Rica, had an amazing time, so yeah, on paper, it's like, yeah, you, you've got a great life, but you, you shouldn't be having anxiety and things and, and depression and stuff, so, but at that time, I was partying loads, I never really thought I had any issues, Mm-hmm. so but like like yeah just again life just goes on and like luckily got married to a beautiful wife now Heather um, and then yeah we lived in Dudley up until um, when was it 2018 and then we moved over to Stourbridge where we live now and then after three months of living in Stourbridge we realised yeah it's, it's time to start a family uh, and then luckily we got pregnant first time um, and then yeah had a, Heather had a great uh, great pregnancy Cut mm. everything back, and then, yeah. Luckily, on the the, the was it what's, what's my daughter's called Tuesday, by mm. the way, and her birth it wasn't born on a Tuesday because mm. we always get got that she was born on a Sunday, Sunday fourth of August, uh, twenty nineteen, mm. uh, and I was really looking forward to it. Of course, I was. I was going to be a dad. It was going to be a life changing experience, but lo and behold, did I know that after Tuesday was born, that's when the trauma would really hit home that my parents weren't there because yeah. Um, yeah, you you, you, you don't know, yeah, best way to put it, like, they're all, obviously they're your mentors and you go for help. Now, after they passed away, like I said, I bought a house with Heather, had a, had a successful job, I, th- I thought, yeah, I don't, don't, don't need any more guidance, but then when you become a parent, mm. I didn't really have anyone else to look up to, mm. get, well, or get advice from, and I think... Or, so, or share this beautiful baby daughter with her. So we, we call the Tuesday Alison Whitaker, and Alison was my mum's name. So my mum still lives through my mm. daughter. Yeah. So, but the, the way I can describe it was like when she was born, I mean, I felt like I, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I felt like I was in a bit of a come down. Too many emotions. Party. Too many emotions. It was, it was wild. And like, got back home and for, for like, about three, the three weeks between to relief we had, we was in the, the, the honeymoon baby bubble and it was great getting used to it, we had this bundle of joy, very hard work, lack of sleep. But then after the three weeks, obviously I had to, to go back to work. Um, and at this time, it was um, 2019, as I said, toward, coming towards the end of the year. Um, it was my best mate, DJ. He was getting married in the, in the December. So up to that, there was a few stag do's and nights out going. And when... 
I mean, other parents listening, they'll, they'll know how kind of easy it is at the start stage when they're a newborn baby. There's a lot of, lot of sleepless nights, but you can just leave them mm. um, and they'll just go to sleep, crap, <laughs> feed, eat crap, yeah. all, all that business. So it was, I was finding it difficult. I was having a bit of an identity crisis as well, trying to transition from, like I said, a bit of a party, a party guy before, from the transition from lad to dad. Mm. Um, so, and then, yeah, that, that was it. When I lost my train of thought again. So, yeah, going through that stage and mm. went, went to my best mate's um, wedding where he was lucky enough to ask me to be usher. Um, so we took Tuesday and my wife along, stayed there, a lovely place in Gloucester. So I was trying to be the lad, be a dad, and the usher duties. And that weekend, I obviously had a skinful. And then come the Sunday afterwards, I had the most almighty panic attack. Mm. Um, I just could not get out of bed. Um, and I was, at that time as well, I didn't realise what was going on. I don't know if I realised that I had postnatal depression. Because there was some times where I'd be putting Tuesday to bed, cuddling out, she wouldn't stop crying. And I'd be in floods of tears just crying, crying. I was like, oh, it's just the emotions or anything. But this went on for a long time. Um, and so I, w- I was a right mess. I was just like, what am I doing? What is going on? Like, where do I reach out for help? So obviously you just do what you can do. Just look, look online. And a lot of the symptoms was postnatal depression, which I, I, I was thought was unheard of in men. Knew, knew of the baby blues with, with yeah. women. But... Yeah, it hit me hard because of the trauma that I'd had from losing my parents. That you'd been parents. through, yeah. yeah. So uh, from that, I was like, well, looked in the mirror. I was like, look what back. I, I just didn't like what, what I saw. So I looked fit and healthy, but mentally I was all over the place. So I packed in drinking, cut it back loads, did kind of mm. like just stripped, stripped it all back and just drank shandies. So like I wasn't, when I was going out, I was kind of like not missing out by seeing the lads or whatever. Um, just keeping, then, it under, keeping it under wraps exactly like. exactly but then um, this is this where we get on to the to the veganism so like that Christmas of like 2019 to 2020 mm-hmm. um, the book I've got here we've bought with me which I thought it might be filmed but apparently shown was the Dirty Vegan um, Matt Pritchard cookbook I've got it up there actually yeah you, that's number <laughs> one number two um, yeah. so I've got that and I thought well my, me and my wife have been vegetarian anyway since 2016. Mm. Uh, well, I've been personally since 2016. She had been a, a little time before. Um, but I went to a music festival and I just ate, I was pescatarian really. Mm. Uh, and then just didn't have any meat. And for the whole of this music festival, just ate fish and chips and whatever. And I got mm. back and I thought, I haven't missed that meat at all. Mm. So from 2016 up until 2019 uh, 2020 we, we, we were vegetarians but like with this cookbook we decided well i decided to do veganuary and just cooked religiously from that this cookbook and then i just felt a million times better felt mm. amazing like just really like cleaner just healthier a lot less brain fog and just felt like it felt like i had a kickstart in life really mm. did but as well at that time because of the bit of depression I had I'd done a lot of reading I started to get a bit more spiritual started doing mm. a lot more yoga uh, running as well like we, like we touched on well, I was a bit of a running before but not so much um, at, at this stage so um, yeah and then doing a lot of meditation a lot of journaling which really sorted me out mm. um, and then so as we said like as we quickly discussed before the reason returning I say I say Touching on one of your earlier um, 
guests on the podcast. They say plant-based, which I kind of refer to myself as plant-based as well because mm. I think the word vegan is a bit of a an ugly word because it's got some of the connotations which we'll probably discuss later where mm-hmm. um, you say that and it gets people's back up where you say plant-based. Yeah. But, uh, what's that? What's that? Tell me about that. So, mm. yeah, that time uh, for the month of January, so the 1st of Feb, kind of said I was vegan and like I said, it, first of all, it was for health reasons um, but then went on to, to the ethical reasons which I think we'll touch on in a minute. So, mm. Yeah, from from that day, first of Feb twenty twenty. Um, yeah, not looked back since. Um, I've heard, I've heard I've asked that question many times. How did it start? And that's one seriously <laughs> emotional story, man. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's probably lots of things, nuances which I could have added, but I tried to concise it. And oh yeah, it, there's going to be more to it, mate. Yeah, yeah but I, tr- you... I try not to yeah. go dwell on it too much because it is a little bit cathartic to go mm. through it and, and speak to other people and also to try and give the message. I mean... Like does it help, said, does it help it to does talk help. about it? It yeah. does really help. Because um, it's not the kind of story that you're going to be in the pub with your mates and just no, start exactly, talking about it, is exactly. it? You know what I mean? No, so, and I think we'll, we'll touch on to a bit of that later as well because for today I'm 10 weeks sober. So, mm. like I said, I've got obviously the pandemic hit where it was a bit of a godsend really because we had this cookbook we had to cook everything at home. You couldn't go out to eat anywhere. Mm. So again, we've been listening to some of your other guests and the questions are like, how do you eat out? Mm. Um, I get, we'll maybe touch that at the end. But um, yeah. like the, 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 the drinking and stuff got under, the contr- under control because I mm. thought, well, I've got a handle of it now. Um, like, so when all the pubs and everything opened up, I didn't necessarily go back to square one because I couldn't go to the party days like it was before. Mm. But um, when I did go out, it was like proper proper binge drinking um, mm-hmm. until silly o'clock in the morning or whatever, not knowing when to stop. And then I've real it's it's only within the past ten weeks that I've realised that I didn't necessarily have a drink problem. I had a problem when I had a drink. Yeah. Um, so, but it wasn't like I'm drinking every day. But like as you said, I could I could usually have two drinks in the house, sitting yeah. at home on a Friday. And I'll be absolutely fine. But it's when I went to a social event like a gig or something. Yeah. I'd be drinking all day. And then you get carried away. Get carried away, and so the next day I'd be absolutely fit for nothing. I'd be just hung over to shit on the sofa, just. And yeah. I realised I had a problem where my, my wife and daughter they'd just go out for the day and just leave me to fester, mm. and but then that would be playing on my mind, and I'd be like, oh, God, I can't keep doing this. So I did dry January this year, and the last time I had a drink was the fourth of Feb. Um, mm. And then, yeah, drinking all day. And I got back. I was like, I just don't want this anymore. I said, for the past month, I've been really clean and healthy eating, mm. really present with my wife and daughter. And like that Sunday, I was just fit for nothing again. I was like, right, that's it. Knocking on the head. So in a nutshell, that's my health kick from going mm. from a meat eater, training loads to a vegetarian, then um, eventually vegan. Eventually vegan. And now... Hangovers are bad enough. Yeah. Um, when you get to a certain age, and to to think what you've been through, yeah, uh, and to think how I mean, you mentioned the panic attacks and that, and yeah. just feeling shit after a, a bender, and I can only imagine how yeah. harder it was to to yeah. deal with that after the you know the pain you, you've you've had. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you definitely um, <laughs> wow, it's, yeah. it's mad, mate. Um, Nah, respect to you. You've, Thanks. you've, 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 yeah. you've been through the wars, haven't you, man? 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just want to touch on it again. It's like I, yeah. I am in a privileged position where I've got a roof over my head, water in the, like clean water from the taps. Yeah, and it could have been a lot worse, but it doesn't make the trauma less that that less that difficult. So, but luckily, by doing a bit of research and like things like that, I have found what's it coping mechanisms? Is that the yeah. exact terminology? Yeah. But it's not a coping mechanism now. It's a lifestyle choice. Yeah, and I think if I'd have carried on the way I was going, like the drinking and stuff. My, my wife may have just gone this isn't fair I've had enough of this um, I think it's fair it, to say like to to have such good a good circle yeah. of people around you yeah. uh, to help you I mean well, without well, them I mean but exactly. how, how, how important was that well, well yeah my two best mates Chris and Dee they were very supportive of mm. it and I mean like with, with a child and like I'm a dad now that's the main main important thing mm. so I that Tuesday, my daughter is my main priority, as well as obviously my wife Heather. So I get just touching on the sobriety a little bit. It's like I'm, I don't. People say have you got a bit of FOMO from not going out and drinking. It's like no. I, I use a quote that I've been, since being sober, I've listened to a lot of podcasts like Dapper Laughs. He's got one now, managed to sobriety, mm. and he, he coined the term. I think it's not FOMO anymore. It's freedom of missing out mm. because you can go out and socialise a little bit but then you aren't hanging the next day and feeling like crap and you can still get up and do stuff. Like the, the run we've just got, we've just attempted. <laughs> <laughs> um, where sadly, yeah. um, Jake has done his back in and he couldn't, couldn't continue. <laughs> but I just carried on. Um, but Retired I, at 31. Yeah, but if I'd have gone out last night and had a skin full, yeah. the last thing I would have wanted to do is yeah. go for a run this morning. But the, this is why I like to plan things on weekends. Yeah. And... And he, you know what I mean? In the week, it's like you, you plan things. You want to go to the gym Saturday. You want to get to, uh, for a run Sunday. And it makes you behave the night before. Yeah, you know what I mean? Does, and it, I do it on purpose. You know yeah, what I mean? Because otherwise, yeah. you think, oh, I'll get a bottle of wine or something. Or, yeah. And then you wake up with that dry mouth and you think, I ain't doing that, especially with this weather. But uh, no, that's that's why that's why it's good to book it in, man. Yeah. Um, but back onto your story, mate. Um, what made you think that you know this was it just cleaning out your body i'm going to clean my body out and it, veganism is the best way to do it literally by accident just because of starting january um i did all did all cooked nearly every recipe from there and it was just so delicious and a lot a lot of people say oh yeah what what it's got to be boring just having veg but i i looked at it said well what do you have for dinner oh meat veg and this so yours is boring because like I said, it was at the time when the pandemic was just about to hit. It hadn't hit yet, but I managed to like expand my cooking cuisine skills. I don't know if that's the that's the right right <laughs> It'll do. right right terminology. But that's how we came to meet each other because we get seen Purito where you had it in the hideout calf. That's where I came in to chat about it because I, got, I fell in love with cooking, mm. um, and like just from it became a new hobby because you were using all these different ingredients that you, you'd never heard of before, and you were making some delicious meals, and as well, it was better for your body, and then obviously, looking into it a bit more, you follow more stuff on um, like Instagram and look online, and that got me more into the ethical reasons as well, So and as well as listening to podcasts and stuff. So I've not looked back since, Jake. It was obviously the best, single one of the most important decisions that I've done in my life, Mm. Um, because one feel fitter, healthier, and I know it's better for the planet, more sustainable, and it's the morally right thing to do. 
Um, and again, like I touched at the start, where it's good having this conversation with a like-minded person. We're not, we, we're kind of preaching to the converted, but it is good to to to, to address it and speak over podcasts like this mm. to, to to try and talk to people that are loosely thinking about it. So my story, someone may have gone through the same thing. I uh, think, well, I'm feeling a bit like crap. Maybe I should give it a try. Mm. So that's what, one of the reasons why I wanted to come on as well, mate, is try and give my story and a bit of inspiration and a bit of a bit of help. Or thinking. Yeah. And you've told so, it well, mate, to be fair, because you, uh, I nearly cracked at one yeah. point. Mate. <laughs> um, you talk about physical health, you feel better, you've got energy, you run a lot and all that. What about mental health? You've obviously oh, had a, a, a horrible time, man, and I'm lucky enough to never have suffered with yeah. depression or anything like that. Um, but I know it's a big problem and I know many people nowadays do uh, how do you think I your, think your diet is linked to your head not knowing the full head? science behind it mate um, because that you could you could look in a, online and go into a right rabbit hole but I just put it that the veganism is one aspect of everything and I think it was just more better living it, it was one little aspect but again because I was doing the cooking it was a good hobby it was all positivity and I think that's what has made it, yeah, giving it that rocket fuel up to, to like for my mental health, really. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still, there's no world without anxiety. I think that's just our human nature, which, so, well, I brought these books in to, to discuss with, because at, at the time I was kind of transitioning, I was doing a lot of reading, so I think being vegan, it does help, because there may be some chemicals and stuff that's probably in the meat, and like the, the hormones, certainly like in, in cow's milk, um, which could potentially affect your mental health and things like that. So, but I just think the cooking, <laughs> yeah, sim- simply because it was a new yeah. hobby, that put me in focus, and it was a kind of form of meditation as well, where mm. I could be mindful, enjoy doing what I was doing. Yeah. So, it's it's not necessarily what I was putting in my body being vegan. It was the whole range of being vegan, the cooking and the mm. ethics. Because yeah, you, you know you, you you know you're doing something better for the planet. It makes you feel a better person for it, and uh, yeah, a little bit more righteous. But mm. yeah, we, we, like us vegans, plant based, we are say better than a meat eater because we know we are right, we are no do. But it's mm. uh, you're trying to tell that to someone without being preachy. It's very very difficult. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's hard to. Oh God, it's yeah, it's difficult, man. <laughs> uh, but I can only compare it to when I was twenty five, twenty six, yeah. and idea about it and it just didn't yeah it didn't register with my yeah my brain you know what i mean it, so i can't you can't really it, it, it's so hard to kind of get that message across yeah. well, talking about your books mate what what books have you brought man well, and for, talk the us the through first one was obviously the dirty vegan one which is the cookbook um, kept you occupied in lockdown but yeah but but also stuff. that for it's matt pritchard who was part of the dirty sanchez crew back in the noughties who was just like bunch of nutters like bunch of nutters now, he went on a similar journey where I think he turned sober or, or stopped being an absolute wreckhead. Uh, and he, he said, I don't know if he was necessarily an addict, but he's got a bit of an addictive personality traits where he'd go from doing these extreme stunts to doing Ironman challenges. Um, and that's something I would love to do, but with a child and just my lifestyle, it's something I'm probably never going to be able to do. So, But reading that, that got me into my running, where, again, like he's, he's, a plant, he's totally vegan, and he, can, he did a Decca challenge where he did 10 Ironmans on the trot. And he, he single-handedly points that down to being vegan because of more research and, and less of the toxins in the body and, and just how clean, obviously, 
the the, the, the vegan diet is allows him to do that mm-hmm. so that was the first book so I took a lot from that uh, the second one was the chimp paradox now this goes back into how your mind works and how you feel so the, the, this oversimplifies it it said you, your brain's got three parts you've got your human part of the brain your chimp part of the brain and your computer and it's the relationship that they all, all have and how you perceive things in the day so your human mind works at one speed but your, your chimp mind works ten times faster so your human mind is where you can be rational and say, well, so if a problem arises, um, you'll, th- you, you'll think, oh, it's not a problem, it's not a problem, but your chimp one, this is where your fight, flight, flies and freeze, fight, flight, freeze yeah. mechanism comes into effect. That's where the anxiety starts. I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing because it is a quite complex book, but mm. it's certainly worth a read. Um, and how that affects your mind and how you're supposed to nurture it. So you realise life isn't fair. And, and like in my point, yeah, it's certainly not been fair. So what I've been through, so it's kind of like, well, you've you've got to deal with the cards that you've dealt. Yeah. So that was a big help. Thinking, well, again, it made me realise that I am privileged. I had a great life with my parents. They they were so loving. Mm-hmm. gave me gave me so many opportunities. First and foremost, to be able to go and travel around the world, afford my own house, a really good upbringing. Mm-hmm. And then I look back and think, Christ. Look back where when you was in the Philippines, and you walk past a dead body on the side of a road just walking, and it's like, wow, it's so it kind of. But again, it doesn't stop you from having the anxious thoughts. It doesn't stop your emotions. No, it certainly but, doesn't. Being any different, but, you know what I mean. But then that's where you have to train your chimp mind, and it's. It, I recommend. I'll, I'll lend it. it. Might let you have a. Sounds. Let you have yeah, a it read. sounds interesting. I have heard about it, man. It does sound it interesting. Great. It is yeah. great. So it's like a mind more. Obviously, is it helped you? It certainly has, mate. I mean, yeah. even so, like when. Like, we've just been for the run this morning. Like, um, I, I wouldn't say I'm an above-average runner. I'm not like one of your other guests. What was his name, sorry? The, Alex. Alex. Gladly. Like, yeah, he's, uh, Christ, he was really inspirational. <laughs> so, Animal. But, but um, yeah, I've, I've got into running loads. Again, it, it, that does affect, help my mental health because um, just going for a run, get the endorphins flowing, another form of meditation. Yeah. Um, just, oh, well, I, I started a new job um, in November. Um, so it's a, I've not been able to do as much running as I wanted to because I have to commute into Birmingham now but before I used to set myself loads of challenges so like for the November challenge I, I ran 10k every day for the month of November um, so obviously over 300k uh, mm. and the year before I did 200k but I just did a marathon on a Saturday morning by myself um, but then using that meant so that the What's it, the mind model from it mm. helped you focus to keep running because you realise well don't quit don't quit you can mm. do it you can do it just another 10 minutes just another 10 minutes so mm. uh, yeah so that was really really good book um, so the, from going into veganism and plant based you've obviously got go get into different forms of media so obviously podcasts started listening to Rich Roll which we touched about who's, a, who's another ultra runner and a big uh, plant based advocate um, and so he has some amazing guests on um, and so I read his book as well so he did another like in the Hawaiian Islands he did five Ironmans on the trot and so he's just really, really inspiration as well and also this, so his book's called Finding Ultra uh, and the last book I've got is called Meat is for Pussies by a guy called John <laughs> Joseph uh, and I never that yeah, I'll lend you again mate it's an amazing book uh, I'll just read the back of it so John Joseph is the front man for the legendary punk band, the Cro-Mags. Uh, he's an Ironman triathlete and he's been strictly plant-based for 30 years in county. 
and he used to be an absolute mental drug addict that turned into a Harry Krishna. Um, and his his story is obviously more mental than than obviously just mine. But he's been a real inspiration, and his book has helped so many other people to try and transition from eating meat and dairy into being plant based. Because it has as we might touch on, mate, it is difficult for people to to stop doing it, as we've discussed about some of your pals that you've got on where. Like, there's that much vegan food out there now. It's not necessarily healthy and things like that, but mm. you've got to try and inspire people to start somewhere mm. So and, and get through a lot of the, the media trash-talking against veganism and, like, things like that. But, yeah, we can go down that early. So those are mm. the books that really help, mate. So Quality. Yeah. I'll definitely um, pinch that one off, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, uh, one, good one. And it's, it's like... Yeah, he's a proper New Yorker, and the way he, t- he talks in it, you think you can't yeah. really relate, but you think he's a bit badass. He's so. yeah, 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 but yeah, he's like in his fifties, still do. I believe he's still doing Iron Man's, and he's not down to being plant based. Yeah, um, so yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It, it, everyone says, man, about physical um, benefits. You know what I mean? People talk about recovery. Being the main one, especially like with endurance yeah. athletes and stuff like that, and and uh, you know, like this geezer here doing Ironmans and stuff. But um, I think more importantly is the is is the mental side, and yeah. that they they say there's a lot of intelligence in your gut yeah. and it links oh, the, to your brain and how you think and how you the, feel. Um, the gut to brain relationship, like they say, it's your third brain, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. It's your, your third brain, because yeah. a lot of the hormones are actually created in your gut. Mm. Um, I mean. We can touch on it. When, when I did it, I'm, I'm planning to do this clean again. Um, that's another book. I, we did, I think we did this, looked at that book before turning plant-based vegan. Um, a guy called Alejandro Junger. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that. Me and my wife are planning to do it again, this three-week cleanse, mm. where you kind of just... It was the first time we did it vegan. When we did it before, I think we, we were pescatarians. So it's eliminating a lot of crap from out your diet. So you're proper, proper clean eating. And yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to do it because, again, like if anyone's a parent, you know how difficult it is to try and keep on top of things. So I can imagine. Like you just yeah. So like, sorry from repeating myself, but but all part of the cooking, it got great when we had the time in the lockdown. But mm. like as my daughter's got a bit older, she wants to play a bit more. Where You've got less time, has yeah. Got a lot less time. So a lot. I mean, we we got the Bo- got the Bosch boys books. Uh, got yep. loads of others. So. They're amazing books, but some of them, because it's been vegan, it's a little bit more complex than just chucking some t- chicken nuggets in the oven, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, but, um, this is the problem, isn't it? It's having, you know, you go to cook something. I'm all right, yeah, because I've got everything. Mm. I'm lucky. I am, and I, I understand that people haven't got things around them, such as red wine vinegar and all these little... <laughs> you can not put them in, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's annoying when you go to cook something and it says, you know... You got to put this in, or you need you need cornstarch, and then you're like, it's cornstarch the same as cornflour, yeah. and then you start googling stuff, and you think, bugger it, I'll just chuck some nuggets yeah. in, like you said. But uh, it's um, yeah, it is hard. It, it's it's hard to do. You've got to plan, and you've got to get things in your cupboards, and you've got to buy all the bits and the bobs yeah. and all the spices. Once you've got it, yeah, it turns into a little hobby then. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? Yeah. Well, as as you just said, my I think that's where my obsessiveness and OCD is a bit of a superpower because I think well, we need to get that, need to get that, need to get So we've got them all at home. Yeah. And uh, again, touching on one of your earlier guests where they said it can be expensive to be vegan. It is if you just buy the vegan 
food from the shops. Mm. If you kind of buy fresh stuff um, each week and, and just cook it there and then, that can be expensive, but it's just a bit of planning and a bit of thought. It's mm. easy. It, it, Would you it, say that your cravings and like your addiction, if you like, to crap food, because everyone... To an extent, it's got to be. You I, know, I think if, I. Is it, we, is it cured? Have you? Do you think yeah, like you crave more healthy things now? You crave yeah, more whole foods than. Certainly, mate. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, you're never going to be hundred percent perfect because, again, like as I said, with a, being a parent, come Friday night, you've worked all week, have to look after a child. Um, mm. Last thing you want to do is put together a two a two hour nice meal on a Friday night. So that's when we usually have our cheat meal. Mm. Um, we, we might just get some. Uh, pizza, vegan pizza or something just chuck that in so we can just relax and have a bit of it but then again on a Saturday um, we have a nice breakfast whole field meal and breakfast and an evening meal mm. um, and then like I said what we, what we tend to do is like every Sunday morning I'll sit down with the cookbooks I mean here's a tip if anyone is trying to just plan your meals then you can write down exactly what ingredients you need and you're not just buying stuff to just chuck in the fridge which can sit there for ages and you, you you say have cooked one meal, and when this is how it works for me and Heather, we'll cook a meal which is for four people. We'll have a meal on the night, and the next day for lunch we'll have a watch rest, and then you can cut your costs down, mm. so you're not buying however many meals a week that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that's how we found to, but again with the state what's it, standard of living now, a lot of the prices have gone up for food, so mm. it is tough for people. Um, and again, I think. As we said earlier on our run, mate, about like we we can, us vegans at this lower level, so to speak, day to day life, mm. we can only do so much. But I think it's the the bigger organisations they need to do a lot more. So I mean, from going through our research, you've you've heard of food deserts. Mm. So like certainly like in in America, like if you've got a small family, not a, on a low income, and the, the the cheapest place to get food is an off license. It's that's when it can become expensive and, and difficult for people to actually turn vegan or, or whatever because of just the surroundings. Mm. So yeah, we're a bit, 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 bit off tangent there, mate. But mm. um, yeah, that this is where like one pot cooking's got to come in. Yeah, and I can cook um, about 120 meals in a day if I really went for it. I'm not saying. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to turn into someone to say you should be cooking 120 yeah. meals a day, but it is possible. Like I can cook. You know, sixty meals um, in two big pots in probably three or four hours. Yeah. Um, and if someone, if people could learn how to do that, and just get everything ready and prep, and just you know, you 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 can bang out some cheap meals for for your for the whole month. You know what I mean? For, you can bang out two weeks worth of meals in 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 you know in, in half a day if if you planned it properly and you you know you went for it. Um, but it's just having that knowledge to do it. Isn't it? And I think people again, people say to me, "Oh, I tried it, but." I, you know, I couldn't do it because of this and that. It's all, you, I understand that it's hard, but you can do it if you just put three hours of your Saturday morning aside to go shopping and buy everything you need. That's it. Um, and if you don't do it, you're going to come unstuck. Um, well, I th- just touching on there, mate, I think it's the knowledge and it's kind of the discipline. And I think people are a bit lazy if they don't want to do it. Oh, yeah, laziness is do, the... But like, I think if the people were to stick to it, the penny might drop. Like, like it did with, like it kind of did with me with a feeling healthy. I was like, well, I'm not looking back, and I've changed my lifestyle to to around this because I know it's good for me. Now, unless someone goes through that, the penny doesn't drop. 
like one of your friends said, they've transitioned to vegan and then they've gone back to... The, the penny might not have dropped um, for, for them to make that change. But, I mean, I, I've not really inspired anyone to, to turn vegan. I've, I've spoken mm. about it. Mm. Um, but a lot, like a lot of my circle of friends, they're just set in their own ways and they like what they like. And, yeah. let, and I think it's one of them, unless you're willing to... Unless something affects you to 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 watch, to, like watching a documentary, is thinking I need to change. Unless that happens, pe- people aren't going to change. And I think that is the battle. Vegan advocates and people like like yeah. us have have the challenge of, to try and inspire people. And it's a big challenge. Mm. What's the best thing about being vegan? What's the worst thing? Oh, the worst thing is trying to avoid some decent shoes. Because <laughs> 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 again, what's it? I say I'm plant-based because you have to live in the world that you live in. I, I eat the vegan diet, but I've still got leather jackets at home, which cost a lot of money, so I, I will still wear them, so I'm a bit of a hypocrite. But the care would be thankful that you still wear them. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. It's that point. You, might, you so, might as well. Yeah, well, that, that, is the, that is the argument I've had with some people where I've turned up to the pub, hey, I thought you were vegan, mate. What, you got a vegan, like, a leather jacket? I'm Just tell him it's fake leather. Like, well, I could say it's fake leather, but I don't want to be a liar. I'm saying, well... I've spent a lot of money on this. I'm not going to be stupid and just throw it away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's that 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 is even worse because the cow died for me to throw it away. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's the worst thing trying to trying to buy somewhere. <laughs> but the, the best uh, the best thing is, mate. Just I think morally knowing that I'm fitter and healthier, and I am kind of making a difference, even if it's a little smidgen of a difference to to the planet. Because mm-hmm. again, that's where I think. Global warming and climate change is a lot of a hot topic now where a lot of people do turn a blind eye to it because it's not necessarily in the face. Now, I, I, as we just discussed, I turned plant-based for health reasons, but then it's going down the ethical route. I know it's the right way to do it, and I think if we can try and tell people that, they may have a different look, you know? So, mm. yeah, I think that's the best reason for me being vegan, mate, is just knowing it, it's the right thing to do yeah. uh, and to feel better for it. Talking of the footage and stuff, what's the worst bit of footage you've seen that that really got engraved into your brain that this is sick, cruel, and you don't want to be part of it? Oh, mate, did you watch any of the, did, did, I, I the watched, big documentaries? I watched Cowspiracy. Um, I haven't seen that, you know. I haven't seen it. I don't think I have. I, and I, I think some of the stuff Joey Carbstrong, he he puts out there. But again, mate, it's, he's pretty, I'll follow him because I enjoy what he says. Um yeah. But I've not really watched many of them, if I'm honest, because it's kind of preaching to the converted, and I know it goes on, and I don't want it, not necessarily rubbed in my face. And I think this is what I wanted to touch on and discuss with you, because when you started this podcast, you asked there, there, I think, do militant vegans give the, what's the word? The wrong impression. A bit of a bad impression. And mm. I think I think they do. I mean, like Joey Carbstrong, he's... Uh, I really believe he's, he's trying to do a good cause, but the way he does about it, he just gets people's backs up so much. Yeah. And I think that has a negative effect. But yeah. he, the message is true. And What about the Grand National yesterday? So I'm a little bit of a hypocrite there, mate, because I've been to the horse racing. Um, and this is where I'm a little bit naive. It's like they are, they are really looked after, but at the same time, they are exploited. So from... I've I kind of got to change my views on that as well. So the other day, I went so, so slowly going off mm. topic here. I went, I went to see. Uh, sadly, I lost a tooth when I was travelling, and I went to go and have uh, like a denture fitted. And they said, "Oh well, it's going to be a bovine tooth." And I went, "Forget it." 
I'm not having a cow's tooth in my mouth because of being vegan. So is that what they do? Yeah, they put... yeah, yeah. It's an, an implant. So sorry. Just when I think they couldn't. Yeah. Use an animal. Yeah. So the denture, it's going to be ceramic. But if I wanted a proper tooth screwed yeah. into my jaw, it would have been a cow's tooth. So yeah, I was like, no, no chance. So what the um, hell, man? Yeah, but going back to the Grand National, mate, like. The, the the horses are really really well looked after, to to like to to the prime condition. But at the same time, they are being exploited for people's for people's money. Which, mm. when you look at it, is completely wrong. It is completely. I haven't wrong. been to the races for a good few years. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it until recently. Mm. And what happened yesterday at the at the Grand National where they've turned up and I don't know what they've actually done, but. I don't know if they've blocked the racing or whether they've just pro- protested outside. I haven't really... I'll probably find out more today. Um, but when you actually think, stop and think, grown adults, and I used to do this, mm. get on a minibus, go to Cheltenham, turn up with your mates in your, in, your, in your little suit and your tie and put money on grown men or women racing these horses. So many die per event. It's not a lot, but they still die. There's no need for it. When you actually stop and think that we're there cheering and trying to win bets and yeah. over this group of blokes riding horses over, over hedges, and then you think, there's no, I'd rather just go to the pub, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, I, think I got you... invited not long, long ago, and I thought, yeah. well, it, it doesn't... It, going to the horses, you just like going to think, oh, just go to the football, go yeah. to the darts, you yeah. know what I mean? But it's not, it's different. When you actually stop and think... It's quite weird yeah. how how gr- like grown adults can kind of get excited over horses jumping over hedges and seeing who can get there the quickest. Yeah, it's it's just for just for um, consumption, isn't it? Like to to get more money, you can shoot. It's like, all money. There's a lot. It's, again, as we touched on earlier, it's all money. The money, sadly, money makes the world go round. Mm. So things are going to be exploited. For for I mean I mean just look at the amount of money that is. This goes on to, I mean, we can look at this to so many nuances. I mean, look at the people that may want to go to, to have a laugh with the lads. Mm. They could spend so much money, like mm. just pissing it up the wall and then having mad bets and they could get home and they could have a divorce the next day. And mm. that's just all in one sport. I mean, you're never going to stop it, sadly, but hats off to the people that are going to protest about it. But I, I just think... Yeah, hats off for him to try him, but it's never going to change. But I don't know how it can change other than just people keep protesting and, and, and again, good luck to them. Because yeah, people own horses and they, yeah. they, they have them as pets and whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm certainly not going to go again. It, it just, it, it, it's part of your, your culture and it, you're growing up. It's like, oh, let's just go to the races. Mm. Again, stepping outside the box like you do with other um, aspects of veganism and that, you, you step outside and you go, I'm going to be that doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, but horses die, and they say, well, yeah, but they don't need to, do they? Like, yeah. if, you've, if you've got a pet horse and you look after it and you feed it and you ride it, and people love horses like they love the pets, why would you then go and fund that industry now, yeah. which obviously kills them day by day? There's, I don't know what the stat is. Someone said yesterday, there's like, I don't know, there's not a lot, but they still die. Yeah. You know what I mean, they still die. Um, it's the same with the dogs, isn't it? Like, yeah, the, do, the do-, do dogs die the, at racing? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they've broken a leg or something like that, then why don't they? Why don't they just get twenty people who want to race, put them into similar categories, yeah. and everyone bets on humans yeah. racing? 
Because well, the, the humans have got a choice, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I'm willing to risk um, collapsing um, it, in the 200 the, metre sprint, do you know what I mean? It's the tradition thing, and may, maybe it is the Western culture, certainly like with the UK and America, like that. The lifestyle event, yeah, over-consuming, drinking and things like I know we touched on about sobriety and things before, mate, but y- y- I don't think you ever hear of horse racing anywhere else outside the Western civilization as a bit of like an excess to go and spend your money and things like that. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, um, mm. yeah, but yeah, you don't see real people betting on the Olympics. Mm. <laughs> there, might, there might be, mm. but it's not as... I, know I, I, don't, I don't think they should... I, I agree that there's no need to abuse horses and I agree that what they're doing is right but I don't think there's any point in focusing your attention on the races when, I don't know, did one horse or two horses die yesterday yeah. or three, I don't know, a very small yeah. number. I don't think that's worth it. No. I think the millions and billions of pigs that are more, more intelligent than dogs getting gassed and tortured yeah. and whatever else is more of a, an area to focus on, yeah. do you know what I mean, to, to grab people's attention. Yeah. I mean, if you've got if you're going to gather a large amount of people to protest and do what they do, I don't think there's any point in you know focusing on 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 just a small small problem. Yeah. Where where there's a the the the, the factory farming is a is the it's the it's the one in it. You know what I mean, yeah. it's the, when you look at the numbers and you see what's going on, and you've got these mad pig cities from McDonald's, yeah. and it's literally like a. A small town of pigs, well, and it no, just so that's that's where we need to put the the, the attention. Focus, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, sorry, I see what you mean about the protesting. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know many pig farms <laughs> around 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 the UK. There may be some going on, but in every city, there's usually a racetrack, so it's probably convenient for them. I mean, again, mm. it, it's what the vegans do. They want to go and protest because they want to be doing the right, and it's and it's the message which is right. But maybe going about it like that is not the right way and who knows it's going to be um, it could be a debate where you have a lot of other people in for another podcast mate but mm. I think we, what, what we try and do mate is just try and give our give our guidance and stuff to, to stop eating meat but it's what you touched on in another story the other day um, about the dairy industry I think that is by far worse 100% than, um, than the slaughterhouses and stuff um, because yeah how do we explain this but like at the slaughterhouses they are put out the misery they are sentient beings who have just been bred for that but the dairy industry where these poor cows are being just artificially impregnated pumped full of hormones just to keep the keep the milk flowing just for Joe Bloggs to have his on his cereals in the morning but they, they don't see that the, mm. the Joe Bloggs on the street that well oh it tastes nice Mm. So again, it's like the Joe Carbstrongs, the the Earthling Ed. Mm. That, that they've got two two approaches for it. Joe Carbstrongs is very militant, where Earthling Ed can be kind of and he's so educated. What's the word? Articulate. Articulate about it, and mm. he, I think his way of doing it is far better than going to someone to protest. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, just yeah, sadly the the dairy industry it's got so much money going into it. Mm. I don't think it's ever going to stop. Um, My brother sent me a video earlier. Um, a calf has died outside on the field. I think he's in Wales at the minute or somewhere like that. Somewhere with fields and he's staying in a cabin. And he said a calf has died outside and the mum's the mom's been mooing all through the night mm. and licking it and he's on the floor. And the, he's just sent me a video. Um, 
Carey's just licking the baby there on the floor, all nice, trying to obviously get it to wake and up. And people think, oh yeah, it's, ju- and, it's and, just food. And apparently that's that's worth a, a latte, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I'm going to try not to get down this path, but yeah, I thought I'd just show you the video, you know, and uh, oh God, man. Um, yeah. Matt, I've got a question for you. You love your cooking. Yeah. You've got a few cookbooks. You've done what? Three, four years of vegan cooking. Yeah. First of all, what's your, what's your favourite vegan dish if you was going to live on one forever? And also, what does a day of eating look like for you, like a typical day, morning till night? Oh, my favourite dish now. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, oh, wow. There's too many to choose there, mate. Too many to choose. Um, you're on... You're, you're on um, you're on death row. You got one. They bring they bring you one meal. What oh, is well, it? <laughs> on death row, mate. It's got to be a vegan pizza. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a good question, actually. What? What's you? Uh, not. I don't ask many people this. What? What's you? We go Papa John's. What's your favourite pizza? Ronnie's up there. Oh yeah. 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 Ronnie's Ronnie's all day. But um, if we're eating out, yeah, um, certainly. But my favourite vegan dish. It's it's got to be some kind of like Thai curry or something like that. Or I've I've got quite going to the katsu curries now, mm. where yeah you get some aubergines or or some tofu. Yeah, you mm. fry it off first with a bit of corn flour on, and then you make the, the curry sauce and then have it with some nice jasmine rice. Yeah, that's that's smashing. Okay, I had um we went went over church straight in the other day, and there was a pub. You know, and you pull up. Oh God, I'm probably gonna end up having chips here or yeah. something. And we went in, and um. They did this aubergine steak. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. It, it, was, it was with pistachio sauce or something like that, dried onion, like crispy kale. And it was one of the best things I've ever tasted, man, honestly. And uh, I had to go into the chef, man, and tell him. Yeah. I was like, that's that interesting, is... mate, somewhere over like Church Stretton because. Yeah. It's like of... a little village somewhere. Yeah. I can't remember. What, what well, like, was... as I said, I, again, touching on one of your other guests, like you said, where do you, where do you go and eat out? Like, we, me and my wife, well, first of all, I, I converted my wife to being vegan because she was still vegeta- vegetarian, pescatarian. But after so long, I was in, like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And cooking it, she said, fuck, I've got to go vegan as well. And just touching on, obviously, having Tuesday, we try and bring her up as vegan as we can. So this is where I might sound a little bit hypocritical. Yeah. But she does eat cheese because with any other parents out there, know how difficult it is to try and get a child to eat at the best of times. Mm. So if you... But then we're slowly um, getting onto the cathedral city. It's, 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 it tastes just the same. But she's never had any meat, but she does have a bit of fish every now and again, just because it's just easy for her. But, mm. um, and we do give her a lot of the, the, the green cuisine. So me and my wife, we try and eat as m- most... We don't try not to have... The only processed stuff we have is maybe sausages or tofu and a bit of tempeh. Um, but then, yeah, again, we do have like um, the, the the artificial meats and stuff, which are getting a lot better now. Um, but again, with the Beyond Burgers and things like that, we we tend not to have them, mate, because for the additives and everything in them, they're not necessarily healthy. So if you have them one, once a month or something, it, it would be that. Um, mm. But they're going back to like what you what the other guests said. Like me and my wife, we very rarely eat out because. We're just there's just nothing out there, and, and I don't crappy. know. If she's, yeah, I don't know if she's saying it just to massage my ego, but she said when we have been out, she said your cooking's better. Yeah, and I thought, oh great. So, we, yeah, the first time I ate out um, since being vegan, it was at the Littleton, and it was that Super Saturday when all the pubs opened. Hmm. So there was a reduced menu; you could only sit in so many places. 
I got there and I was like, and it was just hummus and bread. And I was like, are you kidding me? A nice establishment like this. Um, so I think there's only a handful of places that where we would go. I mean, obviously we get takeaways from here quite regularly from you. Yeah. Um, Vegan Boulevard, we've been a few times. But again, it's like once in a blue moon because it's, it's nice, but it's mm. not necessarily healthy. Mm. Um, there's, um, where else? We went to a lovely restaurant in Manchester called The Allotment. And mm. that was spot on. Really good. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Ronnie's with a vegan pizza. Um, yeah. So I must say, yeah, but somewhere in France we found a proper vegan restaurant and it was like Mad. a taster menu. It was amazing. Yeah. And surprisingly... In it's so it's a miss, isn't it? It's so it's a miss. Like we is. went to one yesterday in Brum and I won't even mention it because and it was just terrible. <laughs> Shocking. Really bad. Really bad. Um, really good reviews as well, which yeah. is frightening. Uh, and then, you, and then, like I said, and then you could be in a little village like we were yeah. the other week and find an absolute pearl yeah. of a dish and you're like well how can it be so different I think maybe because there probably is more vegans living in the town but they think oh well they ain't going to come here they'll go somewhere like yeah back onto that second question asked Mike because I forgot to carry on with it uh, a typical day of eating so from the moment you wake up what what does, yeah. what does a day of eating look like well as part of the health kick I got into intermittent fasting so yeah. I try and eat what I do between the 16 Eight, is it 16, eight? 16, yeah. eight, yeah. So, but um, do have a lot of shakes because, well, it's the age old thing of, of um, being vegan. You, you, you iron count and everything is low. So, I have a green shake every day, usually about 11 o'clock to finish my fast, which has got a lot of spinach in. Um, I, I did tend to use a lot of oat milk, but I think I've I found that's, that's quite inflammatory on my gut. So, yeah. I think I'm going to try and transition into using soy milk. See how that holds. So, yeah, like a, a real good, nutritious green shake, a lot of vitamins in, um, a green blend, mm. like your spirulina, yeah, your clips. This in the morning? In the, about yeah. 11 o'clock. Uh, so, yeah, and then about lunchtime. It's whatever dish we've had from the night before. But, yeah, we tend to have a lot of, like, um, not so much pasta dishes, but a lot of rice to my, <laughs> to mm. my, my wife's sick of it now. But <laughs> a lot of, like, tasty veg. Um, dish a lot of like Medita- Mediterranean cuisine, um, like a lot of chickpeas. So yeah, just we, what we did was just pick a pick a meal from the from the the, the book and cook it. So mm. like every week's different. I mean, we've got so many cookbooks, it never gets boring. Um, and then like on a, so yeah, on on the on an evening on a night, um, yeah, it's usually something like a rice dish, a curry dish. Um, stir fry, uh, very similar stuff, but changing up the veg and the the seasoning that we have with it. So, mm. but, and then on a weekend, yeah, we we do cheat a little bit on a Friday night, but then on a breakfast, don't we, we don't do so much of the fasting on a weekend, just because that you're not so necessarily much much of a routine. Mm. We have a lot of lot of oats. Really enjoy the oats because it's just so cheap as well mm. for you, really good for you. Um, but I think the voice is a. Uh, a sausage sandwich we have a lot of baked beans <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? just just love it so I mean I know you've had, had some proper good chefs on here I'm never to that calibre or to yourself mate from some of the meals you put together here but ain't that good yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean dabbled in like making a lot of seitan to do my own um, non kebab so just, yeah put a bit mm. of a plug there uh, I ain't tried doing any tempeh yet but Yes, yeah, so, I mean, just the cookbooks that you get now, they're so versatile and, mm. um, yeah, some of the meals you can have, if you were to cook that to a non-vegan, it goes, oh, I'd eat that. 
It's like, well, why wouldn't you not eat it, mate? It's still food. It's still healthy for you. So, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the cuisine we probably go to the most is, is a lot of Indian food. Yeah. So, yeah, because it's because of their religion as well. Um, they don't necessarily eat a lot of meat over in that part of the world. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of lentil dishes and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I do love lentils, man, in a curry. Chickpea, anything, man. Any, any vegan dish um, in an Indian, I'll have, like, yeah. it's just beautiful man um, you're in a rush you've got 10 minutes to get out the house 5 minutes to get out the house you're starving you need something um, hopefully with a lot of protein in what do you do oh, it's got to be just a bowl of porridge with lots of like nuts and uh, peanut butter in it's, it's one of my go to it's, uh, yeah. it's just so nutritious and tasty as well I mean you can just chuck anything in it um, so yeah mostly I mean not necessarily I'd never get bored of it like on a weekend I'm going to go back to a bowl now big bowl of porridge chia seeds flax seeds um, some nice almonds in cashews peanut butter and yeah a bit of a voice just have some maple syrup on the top but yes yeah, same as me man have you tried it with um, Alpro chocolate milk protein milk no not sure chuck that, that in to give it a bit of a chocolatey yeah. taste well, and, uh, sometimes you do chuck a bit of dark chocolate in like yeah man it gives it, it just gives yeah. it like a more yeah. more because yeah. porridge can be quite bland, can't it? Yeah. So if you chuck, yeah, I'm, I'm same as me, man, chuck, chuck porridge in a pan, peanut butter, a bit of tahini. And, uh, I tried it with tahini, that would be, be interesting. You can't really taste it, I'll just yeah. whack it in there just for the, for the, for the goodness and yeah. whatever, yeah. Um, next question, mate, is you've obviously seen a lot of videos on YouTube, a lot of speeches, a lot of activists, yeah. all these documentaries going on. Who has been an inspiration for you? to carry on with your vegan views earthling ed he, i think he's just the, just the way he tries to converse with a lot of, a lot of the young people now because maybe maybe the older generation that they're, they're a lost cause that they're, they're going to be stuck in the ways you may not change them but the way of maybe changing them is through the younger generation so when he's going to all these universities in america and he's having the one-to-one debates he has a conversation with them um, so I've listened to a lot, um, a lot of podcasts where he did go down the route of kind of like atta- not attacking them, but he soon realised that that wasn't the way to go. He had to kind of mm. get to their level to make them understand. So some of them have been quite difficult to watch because of the cognitive dissonance. Um, so where he's sitting there talking to, say, a fisherman and saying, well, you, you are catching a live animal. It, it's a sentient being, but then you're going to eat it. And... That the, the people then get defensive, um, so well, no, it's food, it's, well, it's not really food, is it? It's a live animal. You're saying you're against hurting mm. animals, but then you're putting it on your plate, yeah. But and but so, mm. but he does it in a way where it's not on the attack, and he has converted a few people at the end. So, yeah, Earthling Ed is just amazing. What a guy, yeah. I've got, I've got his book to read, actually. I've not had a chance to read it, the yet. propaganda book, yeah, yeah. I'll have yeah. to uh, pinch that as well, mate. Yeah. In oh, fact, it's, on kin- it's on my Kindle, just, mate. Just put loads in a box from <laughs> there. I'll just nick them all. I, do, I, I, need, I need to read more, man. I need to read more. I do. I do. Oh, God. My, my New Year's resolution was to um, eat, um, eat, read. Um, eat books. <laughs> read, read, read like two books a month. And then by Feb, I was on my third one. I was like, oh, it's going well. Hmm. And I'm still on that book. And it's April. So. Which one's that? Um, it's George Orwell, 1984. Oh, right, okay. Not sure. vegan-related, but, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I need to... I'll try. It's a bit tough going, that is, mate. I'll try it's, to... Yeah, I've had to start it twice, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it, 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 it was a bit... Yeah. 
I didn't, couldn't, I couldn't picture what I wanted to picture in my head. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a clearer picture of it now. Yeah. I'm trying so now. It's, it's looking back at that book, mate, there's a lot of things that's going on today, isn't there? Well, that's why someone brought it for me, yeah, um, yeah. the missus brought it for me, and that's why I'm, I'm reading it, because I've yeah. heard about it, man. And Yeah. It's, uh, it mentioned something in there about um, sport and entertainment, keeping men busy, keeping men distracted yeah. from what's going on in the world through football and betting and gambling. Yeah. And, I th and when I saw the meme... I was like, yeah, I've spent a good part of my life uh, gambling, yeah. watching football and drinking. So um be interesting to finish it off if, if I, when I get chance, not if I get chance. Neil, thank you, man, um, for coming in and telling us a story that was obviously difficult, man, because, oh, God, you nearly had me crying. Yeah. Um, it's been a pleasure, mate, and like I said, yeah, it's been... Uh, like, fair play to you, man, for, for, for doing what you've done. A lot, of, a lot of people might have crumbled at one point and stayed well, on a bad path. You, you, especially with, with, with your, your habits of drinking and yeah. the culture we are brought up in. Well, that's it. it. You know what I mean? You, you've, you've, you've sorted your head out and, um, you know, you're never going to get over a certain, you know, a big, a big part of it, but at least you, you, you're on the right track, mate. And um, staying positive, yep. staying healthy. That's the main thing, staying positive, yeah. Class, mate. It's Fixed good healthy. to see. It's good Jeez. to see. And you're looking well. Cheers, mate. You're fit. You're running good times. <laughs> you haven't died of protein deficiency. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's all good, mate. It's all good. But now, I appreciate that, mate, and uh, big respect to you. Yeah, cheers, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Sound. Catch you soon, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate.